Hey, what's going on? It's Lucas from the Fantasy Football Fellas. We got a great episode in store for you today. We're going to start breaking down uh, each division of the NFL, analyzing each team and its players, giving you our insight on that. We're going to start with the AFC North today, and we're super stoked to be talking about the Browns, Steelers, Ravens, and Bengals. So uh, we got a great episode in store for you here. Uh, let's cue the music and get on with it. Hello and welcome to the third weekly podcast of the Fantasy Football Fellows. Yes, it's our fourth one, but it's our third scheduled weekly one without our little interruption that we gave you. My name is Cameron. I am joined with Tyler and Lucas. We are so glad to have you join the fellows today. We're going to take a quick start with Tyler, who's going to give us his hot take of the week. Tyler, start us off. Ladies and gentlemen, I would just like to make it aware to all of you that Jarvis Landry is merely and nothing more than a handcuff wide receiver. When OBJ is playing, keep him just in case because if OBJ gets hurt, Jarvis Landry shoots way up my board. Those of you who are still holding on to the, well, Jarvis Landry is a PPR machine. Yeah, he isn't on the Miami Dolphins anymore. So, uh, Tyler, I'm siding with your hot take here. I totally agree with you. We're going to talk about Jarvis later in the episode, but Cameron will get us there eventually. (laughs) I will, I will. I'm not going to comment yet because I don't want to ruin the surprise. But (laughs) it'll come later, I promise. Don't don't you worry. Um, Fine. I am so sorry, Tyler. I'm going to apologize for that. We're going to kick it right off with talking about the Bengals. And not just the Bengals, but one of the most undeserving of hatred of any player that I've ever seen. And that is Joe Mixon. The other fellows have been, Do it. They just have get been it kind over with. To give me the next 45 minutes for a Joe Mixon monologue. And so. Here it is. Joe Mixon is a beast of an athlete. Joe Mixon has never finished lower in a full season that he's played than a running back 13. Do we understand that? Nobody, nobody in this world has ever thought that Joe Mixon's put out a great season yet. We just haven't. We haven't seen the amazing breakout season. And yet he has finished running back 10 in 2018, running back. 13 in 2019 and in points per game last year in PPR he finished running back 10 now we know the floor is running back 15 this is a guy who might be falling into round three of your fantasy drafts this is a guy you have to take because that Bengals offense has been bolstered up with the addition of Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow coming into fruition this year I believe with my whole heart that Joe Mixon will be running back seven. That is insane. I have him above a Jonathan Taylor, maybe even 
maybe getting past Ezekiel Elliott. Don't you Brian dare. Mixon. Don't you dare. Joe Mixon, hear me out, has had two seasons, 2018-2019. 20, does not count because he was hurt, where he posted 1,100 yards. And each season he had at least eight total touchdowns and at least 30 catches for 250 yards or more. Last year, he was on pace for 75 targets, 60 receptions, and almost 500 yards receiving. This is a dude who is ready to break out. He is only 24, and he is going to do exciting things this year. So before you start hating on the glorious, wonderful guy that is Joe Mixon, (laughs) think about these stats. Thank you, and welcome to my TED Talk. Or thank you for coming to my TED Talk. All right. Now we can move on because you guys aren't allowed to say anything about Joe Mixon because it's just going to be bad, and, and he's not deserving of it. I, I need cool. to defend myself here, though, because I, Cameron, you Please. and I have been you and I have been the ones that have been headbutting about Joe Mixon for, <laughs> for three years now. I, I have just... Joe Mixon basically at the same spot as you. Well, you don't have – you might have moved him up your board. I'm a running back 12 at least. All right. I used to have... be the I used to be the guy who said, yeah, Joe Mixon, not a top 15 running back. I've since come you around do, on the idea. You do have the same as me, but if oh, I it's am... like your Keenan Allen thing, right? You just don't want people to laugh at you. No, no, exactly. Like <laughs> if he if he comes to me, I'm gonna take him up ahead of Cam Akers, even though I have Cam Akers ranked higher. And that's probably where I'd end up taking him. Probably but right I, back 11 is the highest I'd go. That, that. Agreed. Joe Mixon is a beast. That's all I'm going to say. That's, that's all we need to say. All right. Well, we will Yikes. continue with the rest of the Bengals. Uh, we are going to go with how we think the division is going to finish. Um, so worst to first. So we're starting with the Bengals because – Let's be honest, they're not contenders for the playoff spot. They might put up points, but they're they're not good. So, nope. Joe Burrow. Tyler, kick us off with your thoughts on Joe Burrow. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are going to really overvalue Joe Burrow just because he was the number one pick last year, and um, people are just going to expect him to – kind of pick up from where he was improving from last year, I think, because I went back and looked at his stats and there weren't, I mean, there was maybe a game or two where you looked at his final stats. You're like, Oh, he's actually, he's kind of getting a feel for the game, but everything else was just kind of average kind of, you know, middle ground. Um, So like I said, I think a lot of people are going to overvalue Joe Burrow just because he was the number one overall pick. And I mean, you could say it's granted just because they got Jamar Chase now. So they've got, you know, his former college teammate and his former wide receiver one in LSU. Um, then you add in, uh, hate to say it, Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. And that, I mean, he's got, he's got options. So I think the stage is set for him, but I do think coming off a torn ACL, where he only played half the season, if not a little less than a half a season, I cannot start him on my fantasy team. Sure. He can be my second quarterback on my team, 
but I definitely cannot start Joe Burrow unless I have value behind him that I can, if Joe, if Burrow doesn't pan out because his offensive line is still garbage. Can I say it? Garbage. You can say it. Garbage. Um, because that offensive line is still that bad. Um, I just, I needed to see another season of Burrow before I can officially give him like QB one status for fantasy purposes. For sure. Lucas got anything to add? Anything you disagree with or agree with? No, I was going to say, I pretty much agree with all of that. I think Joe Burrow coming off injury, I'm not ready to throw him into that top tier quarterbacks yet. I'm at QB 14. I'm just outside of the top 12 guys um, ahead of him. You know, the Tom Brady's Justin Herbert's Jalen hurts. Matthew Stafford and Ryan Tannehill, I think are all ahead of him yet. So um, I like what he can do with his legs. He's still young, but man, it's a brutal injury to come back from in your first year. So um, don't disagree with anything. I've got him QB 14 and I wouldn't feel comfortable having him as my QB one either. He's definitely, definitely a backup for me. I mean, Carson Wentz was what quarterback t- or he was like at least an MVP favorite, his rookie season or his first year starting or something like that, that he tore his ACL it was really never the same since then. So yeah. that's, it's tough for a quarterback to come back from a torn ACL. Yeah, sure. Just to compare to Lucas's rankings, I got him at 12 and Tyler has him at 13. So we're all within kind of that same range. I got him tail end quarterback one, but if I was going to take him, I'd take like a, my, one of my next guys, like a Kirk cousins, Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, Jalen hurts right after him or foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Um. Yeah, so we'll move on to the wide receivers now. We're going to do a little start trade cut with the three Bengals wide receivers, Jamar Chase, Tyler Bortigans. I will let you guys say who you're going to start trade cut and then give a brief explanation of why you would. Lucas, I'll let you start this one. Yeah, so I mean, this was one of my headlines coming into the season, right? It's like, who, what is this wide receiver trio going to look like? Um, and of course, it's two weeks after the first podcast, and we're already having to try and analyze this whole thing. Um, more news will come. Um, but at this moment of time, uh, if I'm going to start cut trade the three, I'm going to start Jamar Chase. I'm going to trade T. Higgins, and I'm going to cut Tyler Boyd, which is actually almost reverse of my opinions of how that uh, wide receiver core is going to shake out and I'm mostly doing it because from what I've seen other people um, aren't going to agree with me on that and so I would this is for the sake of like a fancy league right and I'm probably over analyzing it but um, the more I've chewed on it the more I've read into it the more I've done my research it does really seem like everybody's in favor of Jamar Chase being wide receiver one in that offense this year he's young he's gonna get the volume uh, and if he finishes as wide receiver one um, on that team, that's top 25. Um, and I want a top 25 guy on my team uh, with the potential upside of top 20. I think I have Jamar Chase at um, wide receiver 23 currently. Um, I think I'm higher than both of you there, but um, regardless, I've had my wide receiver 23. Um, I'm keeping T or I'm trading T Higgins. Um, I think it, if I'm keeping Jamar Chase, I just think T Higgins ceiling is going to be higher than Tyler Boyd's this year. I think we know what we're going to get with Tyler Boyd. If he's wide receiver one, in that offense, we know what we're going to get there, but T Higgins really came on strong at the end of last season. And I think there's still, I think you could get more value for T Higgins than you could Tyler Boyd this year based on perception. And that's just based on perception. 
Um, and I'm cutting Tyler Boyd just he's odd man out here. Um, if, if Joe Burrow isn't there, if he's not throwing to him, Tyler Boyd is nothing, right? He, he doesn't make the most of his opportunities. So um, starting Chase, trading Higgins, cutting Boyd. Sure, Tyler. What are you what are you thinking? Yeah, um, I'm gonna start the same as Lucas. I'm gonna start Jamar Chase. Um, I think there is there's a reason why um scouts are saying he's the best wide receiver prospect since Julio. Um so to me, that's hard to trade. And granted, that's I mean, as the wide receiver, you're dependent on your quarterback to get you the ball. Um but I feel like if you're if you're coming out of college being compared to Julio already, or if or potentially better than Julio, um, it just sounds like the ball is going to go your direction. So I have to keep him and start him. Um, I think it now. I have to give a specific scenario for this. I'm going to trade Tyler Boyd only if he gets traded. Now I will. I'll get into the contract a bit of Tyler Boyd. He's entering his second to last year of his uh, contract with the Bengals. Um, or sorry, his third. Um, but if the Bengals decide to trade him this year or next year, they save a roughly $8.5 million on cap. So it makes a lot of sense for the Bengals to trade Boyd, especially after taking Chase now, because, I mean, you don't really need – I mean, I because I would also – say that T Higgins is borderline starting in the NFL, maybe not in your fantasy team, but in the NFL T Higgins can start. So there really isn't really a need for Tyler Boyd to keep all that money on your, you know, on your, on your, on your cap. So I think in the scenario that Tyler Boyd is traded to another team, which I think teams have shown kind of recently that, they are willing to trade for a receiver. And I think Boyd has shown enough in the past that teams would take a, take a chance on him. So I would trade Boyd um, and then cut T Higgins as long as, I mean, like, like Lucas said, Higgins is just the, the, the unfortunate uh, player in this scenario that he's just the last one left. So um, in the scenario, the Boyd is traded. I trade Boyd in fantasy, then um, keep chase, cut Higgins, and I, you know what? I guess that stays the same, even if Boyd stays in Cincinnati. One thing I will sure. say before you jump in again here, Cameron, um, when when we give these start cut trades, I think you should draft all these players. Okay, I have all three of them inside my top forty. I mentioned this in the first podcast in our pilot podcast. Three teams did it last year where they had three or three wide receivers in the top forty. It was the Panthers, Cowboys, and Steelers. Um, three wide receivers finishing in the top forty below average QB play. Joe Burrow is better than almost all those guys. Uh, and I, I think this wide receiver core is just as talented as those trios last year in a high dynamic offense. Um, I, I don't see any reason why any of these guys finish below wide receiver 40. So um, it's just a matter of who goes where. So I think you should draft all of them, but I think that just helps the, the star cut trade helps give a little bit of a preface to, how do we prefer the players in this scenario? For sure. I'll keep mine short. Uh, I will be starting Tyler Boyd, trading Jamar Chase, and cutting T. Higgins. And I'll let you know why. And that's because I think t- this year, Jamar Chase might edge out Tyler Boyd. 
But I also think that Tyler Boyd is still going to be extremely close to Jamar Chase. But I think the trade value on Jamar Chase is going to be dramatically higher than Tyler Boyd. Just the way fantasy players think, uh, especially early in the season, they're going to go, no matter how, how good he's performing, they use the top five pick on him. He's in an offense with Joe Burrow. They're college quarterbacks. People are going to want to have Jamar Chase on their team. And I just don't think that there's going to be that big of a difference between him and Tyler Boyd. So I think that the trade value I get off of Jamar Chase is greater than what I get for Tyler Boyd, even though I think that their production is going to be relatively the same. And then just like Tyler saying, T Higgins just happens to be that third guy out. And to also echo Lucas, I would not be upset if I had any of those three on my team. They all are going to be guys that you can plug and play in different spots. It'll be interesting at first to see if they are just like, um, you can set them in your set them in your lineup and then just leave them, or if they're guys that you do have to plug and play depending on the um, matchup. So that's it for the Bengals. Any closing remarks? I don't even know who the Bengals tight end is, so I don't even think he's worth talking about. CJ Uzoma. All right, exactly. So <laughs> we can move on then to who we think is going to finish next, and that is the Steelers. We were talking about before, if you're a Steelers fan, we're sorry. We think it's going to be kind of a crapshoot for this top spot. No matter how the Steelers look on paper, they're always competitive. It's just the Steeler way. Uh, we just decided to go with the Steelers next. So we'll start at quarterback. We'll start with the um, ever-aging Ben Roethlisberger. Lucas, I'll have you start on Ben Roethlisberger. You, you are the highest, I believe. I think um, I am. So please explain why you have Ben Roethlisberger at 17. I have him down at 21, and Ty's got him at 24. Why are you so high on Ben Roethlisberger? I think it's I think Ben kind of starts off that range of quarterbacks uh, who kind of fall between 17 and, well, I guess, 16, I'll say. I'll throw Trevor Lawrence in there, too, as a rookie. Um, from 16 to, like, 24 25 where it's like you could probably throw any of those guys in in any order and i'm not going to say you're wrong this is just my preference and how i kind of went through it in my rankings um which you can find on our website by the way fantasyfootballfellows.com um we i i just went in the order of who have i who have i seen perform well and who has the best targets at their disposal and that's Ben Roethlisberger. Um, yes, he's ever aging. He's getting old. He, you know, it's a crapshoot if he wants to finish a full season or not with or without injury. Um, I just, I, that, that offense got better with Najee Harris. We can talk about the offensive line struggles, which I will, we'll get to, but Ben Roethlisberger in my mind has the highest potential with the weapons at his disposal. Again, another team that had three wide receivers finish in the top 40 last year. Uh, ben Roethlisberger finished as like QB 15 last year, which was, again, it's not nothing to shrug at, but if we're talking about Joe, Joe Burrow being in that 13, 14, 15 range, I think Ben Roethlisberger needs to be in that range too. So um, there's just a few guys I prefer ahead of him, uh, but Ben Roethlisberger, QB 17, just the weapons he has at his disposal, I think just bumped him up ahead of the Kirk Cousins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Derek Carrs, Baker Mayfield, um, so on and so forth. Sure, Tyler, you had him way down at 24. 
end of that QB two range in a twelve man league, why do you got him so low? He should have retired. I'm I'm I'm. Just I also don't it. disagree with that either, and I have my QB seventeen right. So <laughs> he should he should have retired. I mean, I feel like it's been the same story for the past like two three seasons. He starts off hot, and then he picks up a nagging injury. Then he'll actually get another nagging injury and then he's literally limping to the finish line at the end of the season. So if you feel if you, I mean, if you want him for the first couple of weeks, be my guest. I, again, I think I just, I have him at 24 solely just because of preference. I, I don't want him on my team. Like I said, he should have retired. Um, great career shouldn't be playing anymore yeah i just when you have more gray in your hair than brett Favre does right now i think maybe you shouldn't be in the nfl (laughs) i kind of tend to agree with you he's been hurt every year for as long as i can remember just at what point is it worth it but i guess he still wants to play if he's out there like lucas was saying he's got great targets he's got four wide receivers james i'll throw james washington there who are serviceable, like can make can make plays, can get open. His top three, Claypool, Juju, and Deontay, they're they're probably going to be top forty wide receivers again. And now you throw in Najee Harris, so I think he's going to have um a decent season just because of the people he's going to be throwing the ball to. It's it's going to make it a little bit easier. The question mark is how does that offensive line hold up without with the Departure of Villanueva and Pouncey. Mm-hmm. We will move on to the exciting Najee Harris, who we all love here on this podcast, especially Mr. Tyler Plath. <laughs> I will have Lucas take that one away. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll save Tyler. I'll, I'll save Tyler's face here on this one. Uh, well, hold on. Also, I need to say I told <laughs> Lucas before this he has the potential to make me change my mind on Najee Harris. So. My mind is still open to it. I'm not. I'm not shutting the door on Najee Harris, but it's it's got to be TED Talk worthy, better than Cam's little monologue and Joe Mixon. It's it's got to be perfect. Wow, how progressive of you! All right, Lucas. No pressure, but I got this. Okay, um, yeah, zero pressure, <laughs> zero zero pressure. So I have I have Najee Harris. I think we all have Najee Harris at what running back fourteen. Um, I have him at thirteen, but yeah. Oh. This man is the most skeptical on him, but has him the most highest rated out of I all got of them. Thirteen as well, Lucas. Oh, okay. You're the lowest on him. Oh, maybe I am. Are, are you kidding me? Oh my god! Are you kidding me? I just moved my rankings. I think I put Antonio Gibson ahead of him. Anyway, smart, smart. I, I we'll wait till we get to Washington to talk about Antonio Gibson. Najee Harris. Here's here's the thing about Najee Harris. He has top ten running back potential this year, um, and. The, the first instinct everybody has is that offensive line is garbage. And I agree. Okay. It's, it's not as good, but uh, I'm going to throw some numbers out there from a fantasy perspective that uh, really, really, really put me in favor of Najee Harris. So uh, let's focus on the Steelers first. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's uh, second, well, first season as a full time starter, finished as running back 15 in 13 games. Okay, so automatically that's a good sign. Top 15 finish for Najee Harris. 
Le'Veon Bell's second season where he played all 16 games in 2014, running back one in fantasy, right? And we can, and I'm not saying Najee, Najee Harris is Le'Veon Bell, but again, things are looking up. Things have been notoriously good for Steelers running backs, starting with Le'Veon Bell. Look at James Conner when he took over for the first time in 2018 as a full-time starter. In 13 games, James Conner finished as running back six. In 13 games, he missed three games. He finished as running back six. I like my odds with Najee Harris uh, finishing inside the top 15 this year. Um, one last stat I love to throw out there. Uh, first round uh, rookie running backs. Goodness, there's been how many of them in the past few years? But uh, I believe it's been since like Leonard Fournette that one hasn't finished inside of the top 10. Uh, or inside of the top 12, excuse me, because Christian McCaffrey finished as running back 12 his rookie season, I believe. Uh, but that includes guys, Leonard Fournette. Um, gosh, uh, how many more? Saquon Barkley is in there. Ezekiel Elliott is in there. Um, only only Chris McCaffrey has finished outside of uh, the top 10 running backs. Um, Sony Michelle is an exception. He was kind of banged up the, his whole first year in New England. But I'm pro Najee Harris. I've already talked too long about why I'm big on Najee Harris, even though I have him ranked the lowest. Um, I have been running back 14 just because of that O-line, but he's also one where uh, if if he finishes inside the top 10, I'm going to be the one sitting here saying, yeah, I'm not shocked by that at all. I think he could be top 10 easy this year. Um, I think he'll probably be a good value wherever you get him. So does that do it for you, Tyler? I needed more specifics on the rookie running back numbers. And I have them written down in like five different places. I just need a matter of finding them. <laughs> yep. There's, Hey, there's more, there'll be more than one chance to convince me and Najee Harris, but um, I guess, I guess where I stay on him. Um, I guess if I need a running back, I'll think about it and I might actually take him. Uh, but my, my take back in the pilot episode was there are other running backs later on in the draft, like the miles Gaskins of the world. And now, especially after the Julio Jones trade, which you can listen to us break down and analyze in our little emergency episode. Um, Mike Davis shoots up my board. So like, and Mike Davis is supposed to go, Oh, I don't know. Around like seven, one fourteen on the sleeper big board, right? Like he's going. Not many people are aware that he can just tear. He can tear teams apart. I mean, he he was phenomenal last year for the Panthers. So, and I think he showed enough that he can carry a backfield. So, knowing that I can get Mike Davis that much later, and he can be that much more productive now that Julio's out, I I would not you know i wouldn't mind passing up on Najee harris um but like i said i could also see myself taking him now i'll say that i'll go i'll, I'll say it i'll say it disappointed all right <laughs> um we shall move on to these wide receivers we are going to do our second start trade cut with deontay johnson juju smith schuster and chase claypool Tyler, I will let you start this one. 
Who are you going to start? Who are you going to trade? And who are you going to cut? Oh boy. Oh boy. The all so controversial start trade cut. Um, I will be starting Deontay Johnson. I will be trading Juju and I will be cutting Chase Claypool. Um, why do I start Deontay Johnson? Clearly the most productive receiver last year from the Steelers. Um, and he operated a lot out of the slot. Um, and the other thing, Cam touched on this on the, the pilot episode, I think. He had a lot of drops, like a lot of drops. But he still fit. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> but he still finished as a, I think, as a top 20 receiver. That to me is like is all that I need to hear. Like if you fix the drops, you still put yourself closer to the top ten. So you better give me a lot for Deontay. That's how much I like him. If I'm gonna trade him, so uh, I trade Juju. Juju can put up a good game every now and then, uh, but it's got to be the right matchup. Just because he he has shown that he is a bona fide wide receiver two. He is not a wide receiver one. So. If someone is willing to buy, I sure I'll sell them. Um, but I can't. I can't start Juju on my fantasy team. I just the inconsistency kills me. And then Chase Claypool. Um, how do I say this? Um, he's a tad overrated, in my opinion. Yeah, um, that's what I'm talking about. He he did. I mean that might just be rookie rookie luck almost. I mean, I think Chase Claypool is going to have one of the biggest sophomore slumps out of all rookies from last year, just because I see him as only as a deep threat and big Ben couldn't get the ball downfield to him any, you know, after half the season, because his arm was shot. So like any kind of production that he had goes straight out the window. So maybe he gets red zone targets. I don't know. I mean, you added Najee Harris as a goal line threat. Deontay got open in space around the goal line and Juju can also go up and get a ball. So I don't know. Get I overrated chase Claypool. I don't want him. I definitely feel that Lucas. I'm going to cut in just for you just because I am the exact same starting Deontay trading Juju cutting Claypool. Claypool is very overrated. I think I brought the might've brought the stat up. He's finished wide receiver four on his own team. I think five of the last nine weeks. So he's behind James Washington for five of the last nine weeks. Just unusable. Juju, but you, could, you could even throw an Eric Ebron too, yeah, and that puts exactly. him down yeah. even further. Exactly. And then Juju was still wide receiver 19 after a crazy disappointing year last year. So he can still put up numbers. But Deontay Johnson was open so often last year. It was unreal. He always had separation. Uh, and Ben just proved that he would love to throw the ball to him. I think he cleans up those drops this year just because that's the biggest knock on him. And if you're a wide receiver, you don't want your biggest knock to be, I can't catch the football. So there's no way he doesn't clean it up. So I just echo everything you say. I think, I think what you said was spot on. So Lucas, I'll let you finish up the start trade cut. Um, I'm going to keep mine short because I'm the exact same way. I'm starting Deontay. I'm training Juju. I'm cutting Chase Claypool for almost all the exact same reasons. The only only thing I'm going to say different, I still think Juju has the unreasonable power of his own name. 
you can offer me Juju Smith-Schuster in fantasy, and you're probably going to get more in return than you probably deserve to get for Juju. Um, Juju's one of those guys where I'd be happy to trade him this year. Um, and we'll see how things shake out. Like, this is too early to say, but uh, if you were to offer me Juju for Mike Davis straight up, bye. I'll take Mike bye. Davis in a whole day. All day. Um, to the right, moon. Like, that's <laughs> to the <laughs> I love it. I, we're, I, I'm convinced we're going to have a segment towards the end or towards the start of the fantasy football season where we're going to pick a player to take to the moon this year. Um, it's it's going to happen. Oh, uh, <laughs> goodness. Anyways, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm training Juju mostly because I think in terms of – right, you, I think I would want an unreasonable amount for Deontay in a lot of people's eyes because I have met – well, I, I said it last week when I when we went through our mock draft. I drafted him. I have him at wide receiver 17 now. Um, I, he cleans up the draft. He's a top 15 wide receiver, right? There's no reason why uh, Juju should have more power to his name. I think Deontay Johnson is still the number one there. Juju, again, with the inconsistencies, I hate that more than anything else in fantasy. And Chase Claypool, big regression here. Um I got to flip my ranking of him and T Higgins. I have Chase Claypool rate higher than T Higgins. And I've got to make that change. Um, I've been, I don't want to say anti Chase Claypool, but I, I've not been a Chase Claypool fan. Um, he caught his hype. He took advantage of it. He finished as a top 40 wide receiver. Uh, odds of him doing that again this year, I'm going to say are probably 50, 50. Um, but I, I agree with everything you guys said. I've, I, I echo everything entirely. Perfect. We are going to now transition to our next team. We're going to go with the Ravens. We, th- we thought Ravens, Browns, probably going to be about the same record this year. We gave it the edge to that Cleveland defense, uh, nudging out the Ravens. So we're going to go Ravens as the second-best team in the AFC North. We're going to start with Lamar Jackson. I want to start with a buyer-sell. Do you buy it? that Lamar Jackson will be a top three quarterback this year. That's a good one. Tyler, do you want to go first or should I, or do you want to defer to Lucas? I can go first. I heard that. Yeah, I was going to say, I defer to Lucas on this one. Um, I'm going to buy it only because I think those top five quarterbacks, you could probably put in any order. And I'm I'm not gonna blink an eye at it. I have Lamar Jackson at QB five. I have Kyler Murray at QB three. Dak Prescott at QB four. Uh, before the episode, I was actually chewing on if I wanted to bring up Lamar Jackson to QB four. Um, I, I think the odds are higher that he does than he doesn't. Um, I feel more comfortable. I think with Kyler Murray, Dak's coming off injury, uh, but I, Dak's also got such an incredible offense around him that I just, I, I can't, I'd look at both the Ravens offense and the Cowboys offense. And in my right mind, I don't know if I can put Lamar Jackson ahead of Dak Prescott after what we saw through the first couple of games of last season before Dak went down. So uh, I'll buy that Lamar Jackson uh, will finish inside the top three this year, though. Um, I, I, I don't have him there currently. If he did it, I'm I'm gonna be like, cool, great. If he finishes his QB one, I'm gonna say, cool, great. It's not out of the realm of possibility. So You're I'll a buy tentative it. Tentative buy. 
not all yeah. in, but right, right. I'll, I'll buy a few shares. Um, right. I'm not, I'm not all in on on AMC or anything, but uh, I'll. Uh... <laughs> He's the GameStop of quarterbacks. <laughs> Freaking GameStop. All right, Ty. What do you, What do you got? Uh, I'm buying this as well. Um, I have Lamar currently as my QB three. I don't know how I have Kyler Dak lined up after him. You but, are Dak Kyler. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, I might put Kyler ahead of Dak because I think I, uh, it's really between those three. Josh Allen and Mahomes to me are at least a step above those three that like the, they are the clear one and two. Um, so when you compare Kyler to Lamar, I give the advantage to Lamar, even though Kyler may be a better passer. Lamar's just got a better offensive line. Um, and Kyler, I think a big reason why he got injured late last year was because he just was feeling a wear and tear of a season under duress. So my edge goes to Lamar on that one. And then if I compare Dak to Lamar, I still take Lamar because I think, yes, Dak will be throwing the ball a lot. I don't think he rushes as nearly as much as he did before his injury because that injury uh, will take a QB out of a running game. Like that, that's just how it happens. Um, I think not to say that he won't run anymore, um, but I think it's very similar to the Carson Wentz thing. Again, um, was rushing all over the field, can throw darts all over the place. Then once he got hurt, he really had to develop into a pocket passer because he wasn't really willing to risk getting hurt again. And if he did run, he went down early. Like he paid or he learned his lesson. So by that kind of comparison, yeah, I take Lamar's three. Um, he certainly can finish higher too. Um, but I think QB three is the perfect spot for Lamar. I am going to tentatively sell. I am not completely sold on selling him there. I just, I have Kyler Murray at three, and I lump Kyler Murray with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I have them as my clear-cut top three, and then I have Dak and Lamar kind of fighting for that forward five spot. I think with the addition of A.J. Green, having... James Conner, if he's especially if he's healthy, and then Chase Edmonds having kind of that dual threat in the backfield, I just think Kyler Murray's going to continue to take that next step. He was putting up crazy numbers before he hurt his shoulder last year, so if he can play a full season healthy, he's going to be crazy good. Lamar Jackson, the reason I'm tentative is because over the last two years, Mark, Lamar Jackson's had 14 rushing touchdowns, which for com- combined in the two years, so seven each year. Mm-hmm. which for a quarterback sounds like a lot. But when you think of him as a 1,000-yard rusher, that that touchdown total can continue to climb. It's not out of the realm of possibilities to see Lamar Jackson put up 12 rushing touchdowns this year with the amount of times that he's rushing the ball. Now, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards might have more to say about that, but he can still put up more. And now he's got Bateman, so he's got another wide receiver um, that he can throw the ball to. So it'll be interesting to see how Lamar Jackson does. He looked great at the end of last year. 
he had kind of a slower start, but towards the end of last year, he was really building up on that. So I'm going to tentatively sell and keep him at my wide right or quarterback. Wow. Let's I mean, go through all the I mean, positions. Tight end. I don't want to disrespect back. Him. He's not a wide receiver. Line. <laughs> He's a running tackle. Back. Strong safety. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep him at four or five. Punt return. Sorry, I'll stop now. <laughs> Devin Hester, <laughs> exclusive special teamer. Then I'll move to the running back position of the Ravens, which just had a little bit of uh, Lions type feel. Not quite as bad, but not as bad. No, gonna, I can't wait till as... next week. I can't <laughs> wait till next week. I I got a feeling it shook up your guys's rankings as we found out that Gus Edwards was signed to a two-year, $10 million deal. How does that change your view on J.K. Dobbins? Tyler, do you want to start this one off? Yeah, I'll start this one off. Uh, currently, I so I rearranged my, my rankings. Um, I don't – let's see. I think I had him at like the 16-17 range before the news broke about Gus Edwards and after I dropped him to 20. Um I still think he's a he's a he's a good enough running back two to have on your team. Um but it, it showed last year that that offense is not afraid to um have a makeshift, you know, running back by committee with I mean you add so last year it was Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and Lamar, because yes, he ran for a thousand yards. So you have to lump him in there. And now that Mark Ingram isn't there, you can say, oh, that opens up some touches, but Ingram didn't really play last year, so it doesn't really change a whole lot. Gus Edwards did uh he did kind of produce, but he did he didn't produce enough to like start on your fantasy team. So um but it still took carries away from Dobbins. Um, and then Lamar, again, ran for 1,000 yards. So they were drawing up running plays for Lamar. And, heck, that's how the Ravens beat the Titans in the playoffs in their little revenge game was they drew up plays for Lamar. So, like I said, Dobbins is still a good two. I wouldn't be surprised if there is a lot of inconsistency this year with him. You would expect him to take a step forward but that step forward is going to be limited just by all the other carries that are going around. Definitely. Lucas, what are your thoughts on JK Dobbins? Yeah. Uh, my ranking didn't change at all. I just kind of knew Gus Edwards is going to be around in some capacity this year. Um, nothing's new under the sun with that. Um, Gus Edwards is going to be the most annoying player in fantasy football. Uh, because J.K. Dobbins could be a top 15 guy, but his ceiling is limited to probably running back 15. Um, I have met running back 19. I'm really tempted to put him behind David Montgomery and Josh Jacobs. Um, I, I think we we saw a glimpse of what J.K. Dobbins could be with only two guys in the backfield with just him and Gus Edwards. I think it's enough for me to keep him inside of the top 20, though I'm not. I'm not reaching for him. That's for sure. Uh, I'd rather wait and have JK Dobbins fall to me past, you know, some of those other guys. I'd rather have a few other guys reach for some of those other guys um, that I have ranked after JK Dobbins and have JK Dobbins fall to me. Um, I don't know if I'm comfortable taking him being, if he's the only running back on the board and I'm desperate for running back, um, 
I'm going to take J.K. Dobbins. But if my running back one is like Christian McCaffrey, um, Dalvin Cook, I almost said Alvin Alvin Cook, um, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, right? Um, I might wait a little bit longer um, to see if J.K. Dobbins will fall to me versus me having to settle for him. So nothing really changed for me. Gus Edwards is going to be annoying. Lamar Jackson still going to run the football. Uh, ceiling is totally captain limited for, for J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. The stat I heard on J.K. Dobbins is after week nine, if he was playing week nine on in the full season, he was on pace for 20 touchdowns, 20 <laughs> rushing touchdowns from week nine on. But he was only on pace to catch 21 passes. So Josh Jacobs range. Yeah. Which I think J.K. Dobbins is a much more capable pass catcher. It's just if you're Lamar Jackson and you're kind of running around, I'm going to run the ball instead of dumping it off to somebody else. Because if I'm Lamar Jackson, I trust myself more than anybody else running that ball. His safety valve is his legs, not his dump exactly. off. It's exactly. like Drew Brees' safety valve was always Alvin Kamara because mm-hmm. Drew Brees – needed a walker to run around the football field so yeah exactly so i think i agree i think he is capped there so with that we will move on to these wide receivers which for me are i think just gonna be a headache maybe they're even just an avoid uh marquise brown and rashad bateman uh bateman's maybe one that we can just touch on briefly because i don't know if he cracks any of he doesn't crack any of our top 50s i don't even know if he cracks any of our top 75s uh, Lucas, can you just give us a little quick 15 second, 30 second tidbit on Rashad Bateman and your thoughts on him this year? Keep your eye on him. Don't, I say keep your eye. Don't keep tabs on him, right? I don't think he's worth following super close, but just in an offense that's very limited with wide receivers, they spent a first round pick on him. I really hope the Ravens start to utilize, uh, someone other than Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews this year. Um, bulk of the targets also go to Mark Andrews who we'll talk in a bit but um, Marquise Brown is also one of the most frustrating players in fantasy so really hope Rashad Bateman gets some usage this year um, after they spent a first round pick on him so um, just keep an eye on him don't don't keep tabs if any reports come out I'd pay attention to him yeah Lucas just touched a little bit on the other Ravens receiver Ty tell us your thoughts on Marquise Brown where would you take him do you think he's going to find consistency this year or is he just gonna be the same guy that he has been these last two years yeah i think he's gonna be the same guy i mean it's it'll be it'll be a refreshing season for him in a sense because the other wide receiver that he had across the field from him last year was willie sneed like that like you give you they literally gave Marquise Brown zero chance to produce because everyone knew, oh, if they're passing, they're either going Mark Andrews. So if we cover Mark Andrews, then they're going to go Marquise Brown. So we'll just have, you know, we'll go cover one, cover two. Then they shut him out. I mean, Mark Andrews produced, but that's just because he's a bigger body. So now that Rashad Bateman's in the picture, it's going to open up the field for Marquise Brown, but I said this when the draft was coming around uh, specifically about Rashad Bateman. Bateman's best season in Minnesota was when he was the deep threat for Tyler Johnson because Tyler Johnson would take the RPO slants like every other passing play. So then that opened up the top of the the defense and they would just hit Bateman deep. 
when Tyler Johnson left, they expected Bateman to fill in the Tyler Johnson role. And I mean, he still caught passes, but he couldn't get into open space. So if the Ravens envision Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman to be their deep threats and then just have Mark Andrews play that Travis Kelsey, like safety valve type of player, then it could maybe work. But I think with both Bateman and Marquise Brown, wait a year until you can fully trust them. Maybe you take them as your wide receiver four. Maybe just hope that, you know, either Brown or heck even Bateman kind of burst onto the scene. But I, that, that offense is very run heavy, no matter who's running. So I, like I said, wait a year until you can fully trust a Ravens receiver. Yeah, I have them both as avoids, so I don't really think there's anything that I can add to that. We will move on to the more exciting pass catcher on the Ravens offense, which is Mark Andrews. Me and Lucas have him as tight end four. Tyler has him as tight end five right behind TJ Hawkinson. So, Lucas, I'll go back to you. What are your expectations for Mark Andrews this year? Does he kind of start creeping up into that big three conversation or is he just that next best guy that's not quite there yet the expectation is that he's going to be the best pass catcher on the Ravens I don't know what else to tell you (laughs) I I I mean he he's going to be the guy who catches the most passes um in a very pass light run heavy light passing offense I don't know what else I need to say. He's going to consistently finish in that, you know, tight end, probably four to seven range. Um, I'm tempted to put TJ Hawkinson ahead of him this year because of how bad the wide receivers receiving core is going to be. Um, and Do it. Do I, it. And with how much Anthony Lynn is talking about that split between Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, I don't know what kind of rhythm they expect to get with their run game there. So, I, he's going to be a top six tight end. That's about all you need to know. He's going to be the best pass catcher on the Ravens. If somebody else has something more insightful to say, I ask you to input it here because I, I don't know what else fantasy owners or fantasy teams, fantasy players are going to want to hear. He's a solid option. Don't reach for him. He's not a top three tight end. I think you have Kelsey Kittle Waller. Then you have, Hawkinson, Andrews, and after that, it's a, well, who's next, right? Um, We have Kyle Pitts right there, but I don't think he's in that top, like, I'm not comfortable making him that, you know, the next three being Andrews, Hawkinson, Pitts. Um, Again, Mark Andrews is a guy where if he falls to me in a spot where I say I have three wide receivers I like, three running backs I like, and Andrews is still on the board, Gladly. I'll take him then. But yeah, take him. I'm I'm not going out of my way in the you know, if if the top three are off the board in the first three rounds, I'm not reaching in round four or five to get Mark Andrews. So nothing not nothing nothing's really changed there. So um, I don't know, Tyler, if you have any other thoughts on that, but that's nope, my two I did I did owe everything that you just said. Yeah, and I'm the same. I talked about it, and for my headline, I won't take a tight end, even if it's Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, for around seven, probably eight. So I don't think he falls that far, so I don't really have to worry about him. 
But if he did, I would be glad to have him. You know, right. round eight, I do think he's a step above those next that, like you said, he's in the top six, but it's just he's not going to be top three where you can equate him to a wide receiver. He's just right. not. So we'll move on to the team that we think is going to be the best in the AFC North this year, the mighty Cleveland Browns. I'm going to give a quick shout-out to my sister, Ellen, huge Browns fan for the last, like, 700 days. Um, <laughs> but, you know, she's a big Baker fan, doesn't like OBJ. She's got the whole Cleveland setup, so I'll give it to her. We're going to start with Baker Mayfield. Baker is another one. Where I had me and Ty have him a little higher. I am the highest at quarterback 14. I had him quarterback 13 until the Julio news. And Lucas, you got him way down at quarterback 22. Can you explain why you decided to drop Baker that low? Tell me what's changed for Baker Mayfield this year. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Tyler wanted me to change his mind on Najee Harris. I want you two to change my mind on Baker Mayfield. I don't, I don't know what's changed. It's a, again, it's a run scheme offense. Nick, <laughs> Tyler Warman up the yard. Ready. Just getting ready. Just getting ready. <laughs> it's still a run, a run first offense with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. We know Kevin Stefanski's steam as Minnesota Vikings fans. Stefanski was very, um, you know, favored the run in Minnesota and he's got two great backs to do that with in Cleveland. He's shown no consistency over the past few years. Nothing has changed other than uh, the defense has gotten better, which leads me to believe they're not going to throw the ball as much if the defense is playing well. I don't know what, I don't know how I'm supposed to put Baker Mayfield in my, you know, top 20, top 18, whatever. Um, He's kind of the last guy in that range where I was talking about earlier with Ben Roethlisberger, right? That 16 to probably 22, 23 range. Um, and it's just that I, I don't know what changed with Baker other than the defense got better, which means he's not going to throw the ball as much. So maybe that ups his consistency and I'm stupid for having him so low. Uh, but there, man, there are a handful of guys that I'd rather take a chance on there before Baker Mayfield. Uh, because I've seen what Baker has been the past few years and I am avoiding him. So change my mind. Um, I am anti-Baker. I'm going to say um, trust what you've seen the past few years. I don't think much has really changed. I'll give you the, give you the floor and then I'll clean up what you missed. I'm ready. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll turn up the volume here to make sure I hear everything you say and take notes on it. Yes, sir. That that's right. You better. You better. Because <laughs> we are gonna bring you to the good side on this one. Um I will start off. I got two two points here. First point I have is um I think the kind of player that Baker Mayfield is is he's the contract extension player where in his last year or two of his current deal, he will turn it up you know a hundred because he knows he's got money on the line if people i think kirk has kind of shown people like yeah you don't really throw a whole lot of money at a play action game manager quarterback and so i think baker is actually a very similar quarterback in that sense where a lot of his production comes from play action and he just kind of game manages because it's a run first offense so i think 
like I said, he turns it up a hundred when his opportunities come because he knows that these are the last few chances at a huge payday. The second point I have um, is I think teams now know uh, what the Browns game plan is, or I should say it this way. The Browns have shown the NFL their hand that they are a very run heavy offense. They will stuff you, you know, they'll stuff it down your throat with Nick Chubb. If you don't stop him, they'll also, you know, run it outside and, you know, do some outside zones and stuff with Kareem hunt. They'll mix it up between the two. And I think very similarly to how the Packers, I think the past couple of years have done it. When Matt LaFleur came in as the head coach, they ran the ball. I mean, Aaron Jones finished, I think as the top running back in fantasy that season, then a lot of people took him high this year or last year, expecting him to do the same thing. Didn't happen. They gave Rodgers the ball and Rodgers tore everyone apart. So I think they might follow a similar kind of style where they are going to expect teams to just kind of stop the run. And so then they'll hit play action or they'll do more passing attempts for Baker. And you give, I mean, he's got tight ends. I mean, Austin Hooper's not nothing to shrug at. Maybe not so much in fantasy, but he's a solid tight end in the NFL. You got OBJ, you got Landry, you got Kareem Hunt in the backfield. Um, I mean, Rashad Higgins is also a, you know, a solid three guy, I guess. So I think between those two things, I think Baker does see himself not so low on the rankings as 22. I mean, I have him at 16, so it's not, you know, it's not a starter for sure by any means. Um, but if you, if you're looking for a, a second quarterback that could actually kind of turn it up a little bit, Baker would be your guy. So that's, that's my argument as to why Baker is not at quarterback 22. I think that Baker Mayfield will be this year's Kirk Cousins of last year. He is going to throw 35 touchdowns, 3,600 yards, and have minimal interceptions. He's going to play consistent, and he is going to slide in at the end of quarterback one rankings, 12 through 14. I don't think it's going to be a top six year for Baker. I don't think he's putting out 45 touchdowns, 4,500 yards. I, I don't see that in the cards. It's just not the way their offensive run. But I think that he can – like Tyler said, play for the money, get himself a payday. That's what he did at Oklahoma to become the um, number one overall pick. He wasn't being talked about the year before as a future number one overall pick, but he showed that he could he could ball out a little bit in Oklahoma. I think that we're starting to get in that same situation here where he's going to put up pretty decent numbers. I, I think it's going to be a career year for him, but I don't think it's going to be like crazy blowing out of the water stats. All right. Is that I'm enough for move, you, Lucas? I'm on the move him up two spots. I'll put I'll put him ahead. I'll put him ahead of uh who do I have in my rankings there? It's uh Daniel Jones and someone else. Uh, you got him below Daniel Jones. Are you I have him below I have him me? below Daniel Jones. I, I am not kidding you. That's just I, see, I, found, I think I found all of our social media polls this week. Who do you think will have a better season? Ben Roethlisberger or Baker Mayfield? That's a great one. That's gonna that be is, up on. That's gonna be up on Twitter and Instagram. You better go is, follow us there. FF fellows on Twitter. The FF fellows on Instagram. Stay tuned, if, folks. Stay. If, t- if you were wondering, <laughs> Tyler's a genius, and he just proved it again. 
right. Looking at our time, we're okay. going to kind of wrap up. I'm going to ask each of you one question. You can obviously give your input on the other one. Lucas, I'm going to start with you. What is Nick Chubb's ceiling this year? Running back one. And, I, and I'm, I'm I'm not kidding on that. I think – Nick Chubb is just a force to be reckoned with on the football field. Okay. I mean, do I think he's going to finish running back one? No, of course not. Um, I have him at running back nine. Um, If for whatever reason, Carolina decides to not lean into Christian McCaffrey. So heavy if Dalvin cook uh, struggles with injury, you know, throughout the year, which he has done in previous seasons and not played full seasons. Um, Derek Henry's due for regression. Alvin Kamara is probably due for regression without Drew Brees. People are low on Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, I can keep going down the list and giving you arguments why Nick Chubb could probably outperform these people, but Nick Chubb's talent could be running back one in fantasy. He's not going to finish inside the top three running backs, um, but he'll be inside the top 10 for sure. Um, I learned from my mock draft. I would gladly take him in the first round if he's still available, if I'm at the tail end of my, of my uh, first round draft. So yeah, he he's definitely late late first round, um, early second round. If you get him early second round, I'd be jumping out of your seat with excitement. That's a dub. That's, That's a, a dub. Right. So Nick Nick Chubb is a first round pick. His ceiling's running back one. Um, he'll probably finish outside the top five running backs this year, though. Uh, or top three running backs, excuse me. If he finishes top five, I'm not going to be shocked. So uh, I'm I'm in on Nick Chubb this year. Yeah, and a quick little note on Nick Chubb. Um, he played in 11 games last year, um, and in two of those games, he scored or he had less than double digits in fantasy points. And one of those games was the game that he got injured in, and he still finished as running back 11. So his ceiling man, is running back one. It yeah, is. The, it truly is. Like if if I'm if I'm honest, I mean I have Chubb as my running back six. I might take Chubb ahead of Zeke, Jonathan Taylor, maybe Saquon if I feel it. If I'm feeling it, I, I his numbers are astounding for how low he's already being ranked. I don't think I can add much more. I think he's the same. I think even with Kareem Hunt there taking a couple snaps away, he's still going to get 25 carries or 25 touches a game. He's still going to put up 100 yards a game. He's still going to score a touchdown every game, and that's just. Like we said, the Browns are going to run the ball, and everybody knows it, and they're still going to do it really well. I'm yeah. going to transition to wide receivers. Tyler, for you, we know your thoughts on Jarvis Landry. I don't know why I said we'll wait to hear my thoughts because I just agree with you. I don't know. <laughs> like Building up like it was some surprise, like I was going to disagree, but I don't. Just I, wait. I, wait till I talk about Joe Mixon and I really get going. <laughs> exactly. I think that I was just so excited about that that I just – but I, I completely agree. Unless OBJ's out, he's – Maybe you could put him in your flex if you don't got great anybody else on there and you need to buy and he's got a good matchup. Other than that, I don't think he's much more. Tyler, for you, is Odell Beckham Jr. a top 25 wide receiver? Oh, that is a good question. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. <laughs> that face camera. <laughs> Not I, I should I should say this, not because I think he can't be, but I just think there are other receivers that will produce better numbers than Odell. Um he has he has the, the skill, he has I mean he has everything in front of him to be a top 25 receiver. 
I just think there are other receivers that will be better than him this year. It's nothing against him. It's just other people. I'm going to agree with that. Luke, has got anything more to add to that one? Uh, he's knocking on the door. Um, if he finishes inside the top 25, cool. Great. I'm not going to be shocked. I feel like I say that a lot. It's going to be my catchphrase, right? Get that on a t-shirt. Cool. I won't be surprised. Um, knock on the door. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, no, I have Odell at wide receiver 27. His talent, right? His talent alone could be a top 10 wide receiver, but in that offense in, with Baker at quarterback, top 25 is probably where I'd give him, but um, I have him knocking on the door. Um, he could be though. He could be. Yeah. I definitely have him the highest at 21. And I, the more I look at it, the more I'm like, eh, it's a little high. I think the reason I'm having that high is what you're saying, Lucas, he has the talent still to be a top 10 wide receiver. We haven't seen it in Cleveland. I don't, I don't think we're going to see it in Cleveland this year, even though I really want to, I think he's a Juju Smith Schuster. You will get more on a trade than he is worth just because of the name. Because people were people still respect the name Odo Buckham Jr. So I think that's kind of where we stand on that. Any other last second um, comments you want to make on any of the Browns players? If either you want to touch on Kareem Hunt, you're more than welcome. But anything else you got you two got? Kareem Hunt is a borderline flex. Borderline. Yeah, that's I have all I've got. I have him as a solid flex play. I think if uh, you stick Kareem Hunt in at your flex every week, I think that's a decent spot to be in. So um, not a guy I'm thrilled to take, but also a guy who I know what I'm going to get with. I mean, if you can if you can get Kareem Hunt as your running back three on your team, amazing work. Good job. <laughs> your running backs are set. Yep. Yep. Well, with that, that kind of concludes all of our AFC teams. I think our top three headlines that we took away, Joe Mixon's running back seven this year. Don't touch any Ravens uh, pass catchers, and Big Ben should have retired. Yep. I don't think there's much more that can sum that it's a up. a good wrap-up. Agreed. I mean, we can swap out Joe Mixon, but because you're hosting, Kevin, I'll allow it. <laughs> you're the, you're the host. We yes, can't disrespect yes. the host like that. You, don't, you can't say anything against it. It's what I say goes. <laughs> So with that, just want to remind you to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Lucas, what are all those handles? I don't remember them off the top of my head. Yep, we got FF Fellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, FantasyFootballFellas.com for all of our rankings, uh, all of our podcasts, all of our insights. That is uh, all accessible to you not tough to type in fantasyfootballfellas.com exactly so we are thankful that you watched this episode we're thankful for all the support that you've given us and will continue to give us next week we will touch on the nfc north and our minnesota vikings and it will be a great episode where lucas will rant about the disappointment of the backfield of the detroit lions coming for you i'm coming for you uh dan campbell i'm coming i'm coming for you and who knows? Maybe we'll have more Aaron Rodgers news. Maybe he'll be out of Green Bay. Who knows? Oh. I have inside information, but a guy can dream. So <laughs> with that, have a great rest of your week. Thank you for listening, and deuces. 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 Hey, 
thanks again for tuning in to the Fantasy Football Fellows podcast today. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any weekly content from us. Uh, follow us on the social media as well, FF Fellows on Twitter, the FF Fellows on Instagram, and Fantasy Football Fellows on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, we'll be talking about the NFC North next week. So as I said earlier, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on our weekly content. We're super stoked to be digging into even more NFL teams in the coming weeks here. So we'll see you all next week. Deuces.